Do you know what time it is? It's time for the Workforce Show, where you will learn the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM. Welcome to Cracking the AI Code Show, where we deconstruct world-class AI experts and learn how to get into data science and machine learning to address the future of the workforce. Not a day passes without hearing about another artificial intelligence application. Google, Amazon, and Apple are leading the way with by introducing new AI technologies. Today's show will separate the hype and hysteria of AI from reality to better prepare ourselves for the jobs of tomorrow. We have with us Beju Rao, the founder and CEO of Amrita Inc., an AI and machine learning startup. Beju, welcome to the show. Thanks, Swati. So I wanted to start off with what I call the origin story. Basically, I want to find out about where you went for schooling and college and how did you land into the world of technology? Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm an engineer by education. Um, I did mechanical engineering, and um, I did my master's uh, from IIT Kanpur. After that, uh, I did my PhD from Texas A&M University in College Station here. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was doing engineering, um, there were a lot of problems which uh, we were using math as a tool to model them, mm-hmm. uh, modeling like air conditioners, a uh, lot of physical objects. Mm-hmm. And it was getting to a stage where uh, the math was becoming intricate, mm-hmm. so uh, intricate and involved and intractable, actually. Mm-hmm. So we started, this was, uh, you know, late 80s, early 90s, and mm-hmm. we, we started uh, using numerical methods and mm-hmm. computational engineering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, that, to me, that was the early science of data science. In other right. words, using computers to solve the problems uh, which are essentially the models the physical objects mm-hmm. then in then we went on to modeling the more uh, abstract objects like financial instruments and mm-hmm. uh, you know even the people the behavior of the people I'm mm-hmm. also an industrial engineer by training mm-hmm. you know how people behave in industrial organizations or mm-hmm. you know in workplaces so mm-hmm. there were work study time study um, and then I got into operations research, which is which I would consider as a precursor of data science. It's okay. full of algorithms, and uh-huh. uh, and at that time there was a little bit flavor of AI as form of neural networks and expert systems. So uh-huh. these were kind of the origins in um, you know uh, I would say early 1990s, even mid 1990s. What sort of opportunities did you have career-wise because it was so nascent then? So how was, can you talk to me a little bit about your career progression? Uh, definitely. I, I almost ended up in robotics because I was an industrial mechanical engineer by education. Right. Because I was a national. totally in the wheelhouse. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a national choice. But for some reason, um, I was thinking robotics was not uh, at a matured field or even it has a longer runway. For and this be, was in the 90s, right? Yes, this was in the 90s. Where you didn't have the luxury of computational power. Exactly, exactly. And there was a field which was kind of a softer robotics, I would call, uh, which is uh, kind of uh, operations research, which uh-huh. deals with uh, 
automating production schedules, mm-hmm. uh, you know, enterprise schedules, enterprise resource planning, all mm-hmm. all that industrial processes. Mm-hmm. It dealt with that. So I ended up in that field, which is, uh, you know, the origins of which are actually in World War Two, right? Uh, right, when, good uh, old ERP. Right. I always say, since I worked for Oracle in 2000, like ERP was the Google of the day. Exactly, exactly. Then, um, you know, with that uh, education in my hand, I did an internship at Bell Labs, which mm-hmm. we were kind of trying to find out what are the optimal buffer sizes for switching networks, ATM mm-hmm. networks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then my first job was actually at uh, Sabre, which was a sister company of American Airlines, doing the pricing of airline seats uh, mm-hmm. uh, because it's a very high-dimensional problem. Right. So that's when the computational power, the computational power also started kind of blowing up. Right. Um, in fact, that's the time kind of Google came up, right, mm-hmm. with the page rank algorithm. Late 90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. page rank algorithm, advertising model. Mm-hmm. So that was the early part of my career. Uh, you're working on pricing algorithm, marketing algorithms, mm-hmm. uh, display, merchandising algorithms, e-commerce algorithms, right? So let's talk a little bit about the Sabre system because it's such a complex system. Definitely, I think you know it was uh, it was uh, one of an experience for me also because uh, uh, it was my first job. There was uh, so much data flowing into the system. Uh, I don't remember the exact number of transactions, the pricing transactions, but there was so much variety of the uh, transactions, like you know uh, bookings happening all over the world. Right, mm-hmm. uh, we had to price the uh, travel itineraries. We had to present a variety of itineraries, and mm-hmm. we had we wanted to. We had to consume the schedules of the flights, right? And right. we had to consume the fares of the components, combine them. So it was uh, it was a system, and uh, uh, it was a system where I gained a lot of my own data science experience because mm-hmm. a lot of data was coming in, the bookings data, the pricing data, which we use for pr- uh, pricing the future tickets plus marketing, plus you know uh, serving different kinds of markets, estimating the market demand, optimizing the flight schedules, uh, not only the strategic schedules, but also the tactical day-to-day operational schedules. Uh, So this was the system where I would say I actually learned my own uh, data science uh, applications, principles, or work, you know, work routine. This is a system on which I learned that. And then how did you move into, I know you worked at Capital One, so how did you move into the financial industry? So it was about 10 years at Sabre. I was thinking, you know, that uh, I'm up for a change, uh-huh. right? So I wanted some change. And at that time, Capital One, um, I heard about Capital One, which is, you know, being a very data analytics, data, um, a company which is in the forefront of the data-based right. decisioning, right? Um, what actually uh, the CEO calls there the um, information-based strategy, right? Uh, transformation based on information. Mm-hmm. So that appealed to me, and I went through the interview process. It was a very rigorous process, and uh, I actually joined the credit risk management uh, team there. Mm-hmm. So that's where uh, I worked uh, uh, through the financial crisis. So that was another big <laughs> mm-hmm. experience for me because working in a financial uh, services company through the financial crisis recession, the Great Recession, was a, a very enriching experience as a as a data scientist. Yeah. Most people believe the hype and hysteria around AI, so there's a lot of fear that AI will take away jobs. So what is any truth behind this fear? 
There may be some truth, but I don't think it is a truth where we need to be really concerned about too much because, uh, yes, you know, some of the jobs will be taken over by AI, like uh, robotic process automation is an impo- is an, um, is is a very good example in that sense because it can automate a lot of mundane tasks which, uh, you know, people do today. But I think uh, the the brighter side of that is that it opens up more challenging opportunities for people, right? Mm-hmm you know, managing the RPA process itself, you know, looking at the false positives or looking at the the, the accuracy power and fine-tuning the algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. So it will evolve. I think, you know, that's where we are. RPA is doing a lot of routine tasks, but fine-tuning the RPA to get the effective performance mm-hmm. is still a human-driven process, right? right. Um, and then, you know, I would, I would call it kind of a... Um, infinite opportunity, right? Because yeah. there is always uh, a better way of doing things, right? right? So when the, you know, level one problems are automated, you know, you work at level two when the level two is operated, level three. So there will always be an opportunity. But we are pushing ourselves to a higher standard of learning newer skills. Higher standard of learning newer skills, um, you know, improving, uh, I would say, quality of life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and doing things more effectively for both customers as well as citizens. So Mm -hmm. um, definitely, I think uh, the way I look at it is it's uh, improving the standards of living, you know, using AI. Um, But one thing we have to be careful um, about is how we use that AI that Mm -hmm. has an impact on the effectiveness and how beneficial it can be. So that's something we have to keep an eye on. So what are some of the trends that you're observing in the world of AI? Um, and because you work sl- uh, closely with the industry and the commercial sector, what are some exciting trends that you have observed? The way in my work, what I see is uh, machine learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deep learning uh, part of the machine learning is an important AI advancement, right? Uh-huh. RPA is an example I already talked about. Uh-huh. The other kind of example which I'm seeing in industrial and healthcare organizations is uh, blending the AI with uh, augmented reality so that mm-hmm. instructions can be embedded um, you know, onto the instruments, for example, in the real time kind of thing, right? So these are some of the things I'm seeing. Computer vision is another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the range of things I'm, I'm seeing, yeah. I hear that you have some interesting platforms at Amrita that use some of these latest trends and technologies. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, Amrita is a platform-based company. We have three platforms. The mm-hmm. The latest platform we have right now uh-huh. is Explainable AI. Okay. It's all about opening the AI outcomes so that the outcome itself can be explained in uh-huh. the sense that what factors are impacting the outcome. Mm-hmm. What are the input drivers for the outcome, right? right. So that's what the uh, explainability platform does. The other two platforms are kind of forerunners to this, which is a machine learning, deep learning platform. Mm-hmm. And then the big data platform. Those are kind of matured platforms, but explainable AI is where a lot of action is right now. So my next question is, how are large organizations and government agencies preparing for the future of the workforce? Because we know and understand the skill set is going to change. Right. So the skill set is definitely changing. but I am uh, reasonably confident because I also work with the talent, right? As uh-huh. a startup, you know, the talent is one of the most important things. Right. So the I think the talent is definitely keeping up, uh-huh. right? Um, 
where I would say uh, much more emphasis is needed is uh, not just on the process, mm-hmm. but what is underlying in the process. For example, mm-hmm. you know, we may know, uh, we may have a, an API to solve a differential equation, for example, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, what is the underlying math? So yeah. I think if the workforce kind of at least part of the workforce uh, understand that aspect, the inner yeah. workings, mm-hmm. I think it will be a, a, a better workforce uh, as far as AI is concerned. That's one aspect. The second yeah. uh, important aspect is the ethics of AI, right? right. You know, it's a very powerful tool, right? Mm-hmm. Having this uh, tool in your hand, you can do a lot of things quickly right. and more efficiently. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, is there a bias in the algorithms, mm-hmm. uh, right? Uh, can you explain, actually, how the uh-huh. algorithm is performing, right? Can you justify the, the social aspects of it, right? Uh-huh. So that is the, um, that's the other uh, uh, aspect I would, uh, you know, I would want the workforce to fo- focus on, you know. Mm-hmm. Not just the mechanics of it, but the underlyings and the impact of it. Today, algorithms play a very important role, actually. Um, I think more than most people comprehend. Well, underwriting is a good example, right? Um, airline pricing we talked about, that's another example. Uh, marketing, mm-hmm. online advertising, the targeting, mm-hmm. right? I think they're very ubiquitous. They're everywhere, right? Yeah. So, yeah. in fact, uh, my guess is we actually uh, don't know the exact extent to which algorithms play a role in our uh, lives, right? Mm-hmm. Daily lives. Uh, but if I have to kind of, you know, take a guess, a wild guess in terms of uh, the percentage of uh, times, the percentage of decisions in which algorithms play a role, mm-hmm. I would I, I would actually say it's almost close to seventy percent or so. Most of the most of the uh, inner workings of the systems are algorithmic these days, mm-hmm. right? Uh, even that could be an underestimate, actually. Yeah. Um, The next question I wanted to ask is, what is the influential role that algorithms play on everyone's lives? Yeah, now that's a great question, right? Uh, I think as a technologist, uh, we have to understand the inner workings of it, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, these are vast. You know, Mm -hmm. the the number of times algorithms get used is is more and more, right? Mm -hmm. So, there is no way we can be exhaustively, we can kind of analyze inner working of every decision, right? So we have to have some kind of abstraction. That's where the math can be useful, right? Math and the thought processes. So as technologists, we need to build those thought processes. And then, you know, implementing those thought processes with data scientists, data engineers, different skill sets, Mm -hmm. so that the overall understanding of the use of AI is understood by as many people as possible. To, mm-hmm. to me, that's the most important mandate for a technologist today. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would uh, kind of you know challenge everyone to, to, to do it, you know, through explainable mm-hmm. AI or through understanding the data quality as you've referred mm-hmm. to data proxies, okay. um, understanding the implications of the decisions. So mm-hmm. end to end, you know, try to understand. Not a single, you know, it's not that a single person person can do this but right. you know have a have a process have a thought process so that you know we can collectively understand that and keep the risk of uh, uh, you know bad AI to the minimal the most minimal level so let's talk a little bit about autonomous vehicles what do you think is the impact when autonomous vehicles are going to be on roads especially not just to insurance companies Department of Transportation but society at large 
Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was in a discussion recently on the, you know, what are the, uh, what is the future with self-driving, mm-hmm. you know, vehicles, right? So, the, uh, you know, you, ob- you obviously refer to the impact on the insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Elon Musk talks about, you know, how a self-driving car can be an asset instead of a liability, right? So, those implications are there. Um, I think we are probably a little bit away. I don't know how long it will take to get a very robust, uh, you know, self-driving uh, okay. car onto the onto the road. But you know, we are uh, learning fast in terms okay. of the algorithms. Uh, it will it will change the way. It'll uh, definitely you know it'll give us more time uh-huh. because we don't have to drive, right? Uh, it'll change the the very nature of the car. It'll make the car as an asset. It'll change the insurance. Uh, you know, marketplace. Uh, so, the but to me, as it personally to me, it you know, it's it's an interesting algorithm because it's a very complex algorithm, right? right. So, understanding it, understanding you know what data flows in into the algorithm and how the you know the algorithm itself works and the even the hardware required to do the computations more efficiently, right. you know, uh, in in a timely manner. And more importantly, everything happening in real time. Everything happening in real time. So it's uh, it's a fascinating example. Um, I, I don't know exactly how the future is going to look like, but it's um, you know it it's going to evolve into a different uh, space, definitely. So I was recently at uh, Uber's self-driving car event, and uh, they were speaking about how a human operator is going to be on the phone and helping. And I was wondering the latency in the real time data. <laughs> So it's an interesting problem. We will see how it is solved. Right. So one last question, and I'm sure our uh, listeners are eager to know. Data science seems to be such a complex field. Uh, what advice do you have for people looking to get into data science or AI? Yeah, data science is a complex field, definitely. Um, partly because you know the pace with which it's evolving. You know, number of new languages, number of new software. And uh, even the hardware advancements, uh, uh, the the pace with which these are uh, advancing, the applications, the so- the the software and the hardware, is is mind-boggling, right? So, uh, the to keep in the to keep uh, oneself in the forefront of this technology, I think collaboration is an important thing, right? You know, talk to your friends and see what they are doing, learn quickly, right? And uh, discuss, you know, which technologies are better than other technologies. Have those discussions. And if you're, uh, if you want to learn something new, feel free to, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to the person who knows it. Right. So, okay. collaboration is definitely one thing. The other thing goes back to a couple of things I said earlier, which is try to understand the inner workings. Don't just use the software just to solve the problem, you know, take the input and, you know, produce the outcome. Understand what's happening in, okay. at least comprehend, you know, um, and try to understand the mathematics, the inner workings, uh, okay. which goes back to the explainable AI, right? Right. And the last thing I would say is try to solve as many problems as you can because that's how you gain the experience. Uh, the, the data science, machine learning, and AI experiences being hands-on. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the advices I would, I would give that you know, that are on top of my mind. Yeah, I th- I think you hit the nail on the head. Looking into 
who knows this area and how to speak to them is the first step for right. sure. Right. I think this is very pertinent conversation. Thank you, Beju, for spending time with us today. It was wonderful getting to know you and how to get into the world of AI. Good luck to your ventures. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Until next time, um, see you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.